Hey, man. Are you seeing this beautiful morning? What are you doing? How are you? Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is morning somewhere for February 22nd, 2024. My name is Bernie Burns. I am a wash in twos today. <laughs> is it Tuesday? Sitting over there is my one plus one equals two. Ashley Burns, how you doing, Ash? Hey, what's up, teammate? <laughs> hey. <laughs> we have this saying that we started with on The Amazing Race, which is same team. It's uh, it's how we would get through a lot of things, reminding each other that um, we are not the enemy. Everyone else is the enemy. It's us against the world. The world. Baby. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, Let's go fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great attitude, uh, I think, for couples to have. It's Because it, you end up, I think, when you're with your partner, you, you're just around each other all the time. And it's only natural that you then start to argue with each other and even like – some people start rivalries with their partner, but it's like it's you guys against everybody else. That's the great way to be. I and think. and now as well that um that we've got like little kids running around, um it, it expands because it's like remember <laughs> we are not the enemies. The children, are yeah, the yeah we can totally take them. <laughs> like, you go high, I'll go low. Poof, take them out. <laughs> All right, well uh, we are here on a lovely Thursday, Ashley. I had a great idea. And I don't know when we can do it, but we'll do it at some point. A couple things were big in the subreddit this week. One was yesterday people were sharing all sorts of music that they discovered via video games or television or some other form of media. And I hope somebody will make a playlist from all that stuff. Because we were talking about how Borderlands, we'll talk about Borderlands trailer, which came out in a second. But yesterday we were talking about how Borderlands became kind of known as a franchise for introducing really cool music. You know, I say known, but that's how I feel about the franchise. No, I'm it was. Sure, yeah. It had a really good reputation. Uh, the Borderlands games uh, all had quite good music. And the nice thing about it was a lot of the music was not yet really, like it wasn't really known. It was kind of like nice finds, little gems. And they uh, weren't mining. I found out something new as well, is that in the film world, the person who would do that on a film is called a music supervisor. But in the video game world, their title is music supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally different. But uh, <laughs> the other thing uh, that took place earlier this week that I liked uh, in the subreddit was that people were comparing grocery prices. So this is my idea. I don't know when, but the next time I assume I'll go back to the U.S. before you do, either for family stuff or business stuff. Likely. When I go back, I'll go to HEB, you go to Tesco, which is the grocery store here. And because we, uh, the other thing I found out is that co-op is apparently an expensive place to shop. Well, it, it depends. Yeah. It depends, apparently. It's a good place to go for essentials, which is good because that's sort of what, what, that's what we go to co-op for is just, I need, I need butter uh, and I don't want to drive. <laughs> don't get, don't get them started. <laughs> Say I say butter. <laughs> uh, but if you want more variety or uh, if you don't want to pay apparently eight pounds for a jar of Nutella, you go to the Tesco. Yeah, somebody showed a jar of Nutella in the subreddit. They had a picture of it that was wildly expensive. There's another weird thing, though, about um, a lot of the grocery stores here. They call and maybe- that hazelnut. It's not, right? It's just chocolate and sugar, right? No, the hazelnut is a suggestion in there. It's It's hazelnutty. You know, I've seen on Instagram – Recipes you can make your own Nutella. 
That's another activity we can try sometime. We like to make Instagram recipes. I make quite a few of them, actually. And uh, a surprising number turn out quite well. Sometimes, not great. Usually, quite well. But I'll be at HEB, and you'll be at Tesco. Yep. And we'll be shopping. We'll buy the exact same things, and then we'll compare in our modern, multinational, hyperinflation world. We'll see what <laughs> Okay, we'll see how we Only go. one of the countries is officially in a recession. And that's the UK is now officially in a recession. That's crazy. I wonder how that's going to go. Can I tell you, in a weird way, I kind of admire the UK for getting it done. <laughs> because <laughs> for the last year, 2022 into 2023 and now into 24, I guess we've kind of broken it. We had our soft landing in late 23. But all of 2023, it's like, uh, it's it's coming. They, Recession's coming. I it's, gonna, it's coming. They they keep saying though now they're like, oh yeah, looks like a soft landing. <laughs> so when are you? When have we landed? How long is this landing take? Are you going to do that thing where you get almost landed at the airport and then they're like, oh, I'm going to go around again. <laughs> oh, I haven't landed yet. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not an economist. The big me. the big thing uh, this week in the markets is Nvidia is reporting their earnings and everyone is like, yeah. Watching NVIDIA this well, week. And NVIDIA's looked out a couple of times because uh, the last time NVIDIA became just insane, it was because of all the crypto miners were using uh, the NVIDIA GPUs to mine cryptocurrency. And now it seems like NVIDIA is going to be one of the big driving forces behind AI. So they keep finding ways to use the GPU chipsets to do stuff that's not G. But at the end of the day, Ashley, let me ask you this. Were you tracking NVIDIA as becoming a major company, like a driving force in the global economy? Because it seems like, I don't know when exactly that happened. I get it with crypto and AI and everything, but it does seem like I've known about NVIDIA as a company for a long time, and I didn't think like they were this juggernaut, you know? No, never. I Until the the crypto miners made it impossible to find I, yeah. I was like, what? and then I was, even then I was like, what are you guys doing? Just, we just want to play our games and we want to make them real pretty. Just stop. Yeah. Stop with your finance stuff. You know, it's interesting because I know they run all the time because they're little mining operations, but they always talk about how much electricity Bitcoin uses or cryptocurrency uses as a percentage of the US or they equate it to the entire load of like a Denmark or something like that. Um, I've never really seen them do that with anything else. Like what is... What percentage of electricity is used on an annual basis for the internet? What is used for video games, you know? The internet has to be a phenomenal suck on electricity resources. It has to, right? Well, the new thing is AI. Everyone's talking about how much AI or how much electricity is AI using. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's an article from The Verge uh, that says that a study from DeVries calculates that by 2027, the AI sector could consume between 85 to 134 terawatt hours each year. So that's the same. Again, putting this in the um, in, in sort of the context of a country, um, the Netherlands. I built a computer, you say terawatts or terawatt hours. I recently built a computer. A couple things have happened that I didn't realize happened. First of all, I didn't realize that hard drives had become just chips now. Like you have these chips, SSD chips, you just put on the motherboard and that's it. Like the last development I had seen was you have an SSD drive with a cable and power and all that stuff. Now it's just a chip, a chip? you put in, like RAM. Yeah. Man, I remember when you could get the like the fast uh, plate drives. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's so quick. 
Or you're like, you know what? Upgraded to SCSI for this one. SCSI! <laughs> I had a, going way back, I had a CD drive that had a caddy, which I, how would you even explain to someone today what that is? Um, it was like a cartridge that you put a CD into and then loaded that into the CD drive, like a tray. <laughs> but it have a, like, it's not like a CD tray. It's like a separate, it's a cartridge. And then you would put the cartridge in with the CD in it. And then you pop it out, open it, take your CD out, put a new one in, and then close it up and put it back in the drive. I have no idea why that apparatus made it faster or more stable. I don't know <laughs> what it was. And that was like a 4X CD-ROM drive. They don't even rate CD-ROM drives. Like, what's your X on your Blu-ray player? You have like a 256X? Maybe, yeah, maybe they just gave up because <laughs> the number stopped meaning anything. It didn't mean anything after a while. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the other thing that happened too was I thought because we're producing a show and we're producing all these audio assets, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a really good digital archiver. I'm He's actually, insane. I'm amazing. He's insane. Didn't you have someone come to you and ask for something from like two decades ago and you pulled it up immediately? Good old Marcus Laporte from my Rooster Teeth days. Uh, he, uh, he reached out to me and he said, uh, it was a year ago, they were doing a museum at... Uh, RTX and he said hey there was this poster for your movie this schedule that you made in college it's on the wall it was on the wall for a long time it's either gone or nobody knows where it is or something they needed the file he goes is there any chance that you have the the graphics file for that poster so we can print it and put it in there I said hold on within five minutes I had a PSD file form Photoshop file from 1996 could that PSD even be open still I opened it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We were we were trying to figure out what version of Photoshop it was. Like Photoshop. 96, that would have been what, like I was gonna say like four. Yeah. I don't think five would have been out by then. I listen, while we're talking about this and I'm tooting my own horn about archiving all my stuff. Uh I had every episode of Red versus Blue to where you could just like click a button, load it up, and immediately start editing again. You could do this a like, collection, do it every time. And I do all that stuff with this. What I was saying about this was, though, archiving all this the way I do, I thought, I'm going to get a dedicated drive to do it. Dude, internal hard drives, like normal hard drives, not SSDs, but just like normal hard drives, like SA, do you say SATA or SATA. SATA? I always say SATA. Yeah. I, I just never it's, had to say it out loud, I guess. It's faster. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, it sounds like satellite. It makes me. I'm trying to make some joke about the Russians loading nukes on it. Did you hear about that? I did hear about Russians that. Russians are going to put nukes in orbit. Sounds, sounds, sounds on brand. I mean, what, I mean, it's so crazy to like, how do we get as a species to the point where we could put stuff into space? And then our idea, idea is I'm going to put stuff into space that then points a gun back at us. Like, it just seems like once you reach that point, you wouldn't be at the point where you're trying to shoot stuff on earth anymore. It just seems so stupid to me. Yeah. We're not in the Star Trek future. No, Bernie. this is, this isn't the like optimistic. Everyone's running on a, uh, everyone's facing the same direction. No, we're not there yet. I'm going to see if I can like milk this hard drive story all the way to the end of the episode. I think you're going to make it. The only thing thing I was going to get at here is now they have 20 terabyte hard drives. And I think the last time I had looked, the biggest one I could buy was maybe an eight. And those were like 600 bones to buy one of those. But Bernie, how many orbital nukes is that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's five giraffe sized nukes. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of um, insanity and space, uh, 
the Borderlands trailer came out. Fucking we, nailed it on the segue there, Ash. <laughs> we talked a Gold little star. a little bit yesterday about the uh the basically the posters that had come out. They did a teaser. Uh they were starting to to share some uh, some more visuals. Uh put a full trailer out and I don't know if this is going to be a hot take or not. I haven't read too much of people's responses yet, but Ladies and gentlemen, hot take incoming. Hot take. Um, it looks like Borderlands. It looks it it, it, it actually looks like, it does. like the people who made it played say Borderlands. It, say it, they played the game. They played the game. Yeah. And um I also I'm I'm not I'm not gonna count Kevin Hart out at this point. For Roland, everyone is still a little bit skeptical. That's fine. Um, but for me, I think what's gonna make or break it is the overall group dynamic. And if they're fun together, and if they're fun together, I can forgive some of the characters stepping out of the sort of game persona um, and being more of a movie type persona. I'm fine with that. And also (laughs) that I will watch Kate Blanchett in anything. Really? Will you? No, because I won't watch Tar. You have to think too much. What you had to? What it's, it's like a highbrow. I'm I'm not there, but for Borderlands, I'm there. Also, I'll come back to this in a second too. Matt <laughs> ruined one of Kate uh, Blanchett's best performances ever. He absolutely ruined it for me. He does that pretty consistently to me. He points stuff out in movies and ruins it for me. But I agree with you on Borderlands. I thought it looked great. If I was a huge Borderlands fan, I like Borderlands. I wouldn't call myself like I'm not in the fandom, as they say, as the kids say. Um, I'm not all rizzed on Borderlands. But I like it. And when I saw it, I was like, cool. They even had like in the trailer, they had some of the stuff we were talking about yesterday where, you know, they have the apocalyptic world and then you see how like the space part feels almost like glued on top of it that. It does. It and does. They're, they're, they show in orbit and there's a big space station. And then what does that have to do with the Mad Max happening on the ground? Also, correct me if I'm wrong. You never go to other planets, right? You're just on. Not in Borderlands. You're right. Yeah. But maybe in like Tales for the Borderland, you go other places as well. Um, in the pre-sequel, I believe you might go to the moon. The pre-sequel, right. That is on the moon. <laughs> and you have to like uh, maintain oxygen. I hate when a game gives you more stuff to maintain. Like games that have hunger in them, I, man, I always want to turn that stuff down. Because then it's just like, you're just like, what are you doing? You're just like doing maintenance stuff. <laughs> Whereas if you have games that don't have that, like a Skyrim or something, people will go out of their way to make mods to add hunger. Right. Some, re- people, some was people the f- really like getting hungry. What was the first game you remember playing since we're on, like, talking about scuzzy CD-ROM drives and everything? What was the first uh, game you remember that had hunger in it? <laughs> Blue Valkyrie. Blue Va- food badly. Oh, Gauntlet, yeah, <laughs> Gauntlet. yeah. That was just a timer that would count down to you had to put another quarter in, basically. Right? Uh, I, I played on GameCube, so no. Did you play, so, did you play the Gauntlet? 64, which was the 3D one? Oh, was it 64, not GameCube? Whatever it was that was uh, on the home console, that's the one that I played. Was it top-down with, like, the cavemen and the ghosts and the... No. No? No, so it must have been GameCube. Was yours 3D? Yes. Okay. It must have been N64, you're saying? No, or GameCube. I'm going to look this up. Okay, yeah, go for it. Yeah, but uh, the first one I remember was Ultima 3 back in the mid-'80s. So the hunger mechanic has been around for a long time. Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Was that a 3D one? Yes. It wasn't a top-down one. Yeah. Have I ever told you my, my, my thing about Gauntlet? Like, why it's important to me as a... <laughs> this is going to... We'll have to put up a link to this screenshot. I remember very distinctly as a kid seeing the Gauntlet title screen on the arcade game. 
like in the arcade. It came up and had a picture of, I think, the Warrior and the Valkyrie. Maybe it had all four of them. Uh, but it was like a computer rendering of them. And I thought to myself, man, one day games are going to look like that. They're going to look that good. Like that still frame that somebody drew, they're going to look like that. And if you go back and look at it now, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. There's so many games from that era that I was like, this looks absolutely incredible. And now I'm like, oh, that's, well, that hurts. That hurts a lot. I played a game called Lands of Lore. Yeah, that one was rough, actually. That one was rough. I got sold that one by someone at Babbage's. I'm blaming you, Bernie. Yeah. We, <laughs> when I worked at Babbage's, uh, I remember I was, it was so weird when I worked there, uh, which is now GameStop after like a thousand corporate Yeah, like roll up into EB, roll up and, into GameStop, yeah. something like that. Funko Land is in there as well. Um, we had to check out games to play. Like you had to go home and, and play games so you could talk to customers about it. And it was like, you had to remind most of the people in the store. It's like, hey, you're supposed to check out a game tonight. And they're like, oh my God. I was like, this is the greatest <laughs> perk of all time. You're insane. I also remember very distinctly working at Babbage's at the point in history where I was taking Super Mario Brothers NES cartridges in the box, in the wrapper, off the shelf, and just chucking them into a cardboard thing, or excuse me, a canvas-like wheelie cart. Just so many of these, chucking them in there so they would go into the warehouse because they were being taken off the shelves. And one of them sold at auction for a million dollars a few years ago, uh, an unopened Super Mario Brothers for the, uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. It would be nice if you could time hop into, not physically, but time hop into your brain at that point and be like, just maybe save one of those. I mean, it's like Pokemon cards and everything else. What do you think is the most valuable thing you've ever owned and then didn't know it at the time, but let it go? Oh, I wouldn't even begin to know. Yeah, you, there's nothing you can think of. I had the first appearance of Cable in, I think it was a New Mutants comic. Uh, the first appearance of Cable in the Marvel Universe, like in a comic under my bed forever. And I just had it. And it became, like you knew some comics were valuable, like Avengers number one, things like that. I remember Avengers number one was $600 when I was a kid. I'm curious what that is today, especially after the MCU stuff and all this time. But uh, yeah, my mom threw it away at some point. But I've always held on to like, oh, if I, did, I, I would have had it made. I think it's probably worth like 85 bucks, you know. But I always think in my head, my mom screwed me by throwing away the cable comic. <laughs> it's all her fault. Where would you be in your life if only for that cable comic? Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to pick our list of things that we're going to buy at the grocery store, Ash, because I really do want to do this at some point. We are, but, but I need you to go back and talk <laughs> to me about Kate Blanchett. <laughs> so... Kate Blanchett has a hard drive. That's not how we see it. <laughs> She's got these orbital nukes. So there's two things. It'll be hard to find these. Hopefully someone else can go out and make these little clips because we're not going to have time to do this. But Matt has ruined two movies, two big movies for me. He's ruined. And two big characters in two big movies. The first, which I know I've talked about before, is Darth Vader in Star Wars A New Hope. I know a lot of people probably haven't heard of him, but he's huge in that fandom. Uh, when he first appears on the blockade runner and confronts Princess Leia for the first time. It's like, it's a really cool scene. He chokes the guy. He was like, oh my God, this was like the coolest villain ever when I was a kid. Matt, for some reason, decided to point out to me when he first walks up to Princess Leia, he like waltzes up to her and then David Prowse in the costume, for whatever reason, 
puts his hands on his hips and does like this little frump. He goes, like, like, (laughs) and I never noticed it. Saw the movie for like 25 years. Never noticed it. Matt goes, oh, that's the frump that he does. And it's like, you absolutely ruined it for me. The other thing you did. And now you've ruined it for how many other people. Got to, got to pass the trauma along. This Welcome is, to the suck, y'all. This is generational trauma. I think addressing the trauma is important. It's a discussion that needs to be had. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pass on the trauma. What's the next one? Galadriel in the Lord of the Rings franchise, played marvelously by Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> they win and they, they're getting on the boats to go into the West. And for some reason, when the two hobbits that end up getting on that boat when they get on the boat and go by her. For whatever reason, they left this in the movie. She makes the weirdest, like, mm, face. <laughs> like, and Matt, Matt says, like, it's like pervert orgy about to happen. <laughs> and she's like, it's hard to describe the look at her face, but she goes, like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Are you sure it's not meant to be a knowing <laughs> smile, like a like a wise knowing smile? There's a, there's a wild look in the eyes. <laughs> Ashley, that you just, it doesn't mean the same thing. It's, uh, there's something wild in that face, <laughs> in that expression. So, yeah. So, screw you, Matt Hollum. You ruined two of my favorite movie franchises of all time. And now I've passed it along to everybody else. All right, Ash, any other thoughts about the Borderlands trailer for today as we close it out here? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. I just, I want it to be good. I want it to do well. Why is that? I want the the era of good video game movie adaptations to really kick in. Here's something I'm wondering. Because we didn't even talk about this. Marvel has now announced that Avengers 5 is no longer Kang Dynasty. They're, right. they're going to change it to something else, and I don't think they've said what. And uh, the Hollywood Reporter article that reported on this uh, said they're retooling the entire MCU to combat superhero fatigue. Did James Cameron coin the term superhero fatigue and put that out into popular culture? I don't know. He did reference it, uh, but and I do remember it sort of well, entering the conversation ago. maybe at, at that point. But basically, I feel like superhero fatigue didn't really become an issue to discuss too much until post-Endgame. You get in the second era and you start getting like all these other things. But it was up to that point, um, a journey that everyone was really hyped to be on. But I'm saying I think he might have introduced the term. And once it's you have a possible. term, then people have can identify the feeling that they're having. Something to latch onto. Like a little Jimmy Cameron poisoning the well. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us today. 222-2024. We will be back to talk to you tomorrow. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody.